we're glad that you're here today. God bless you. Thank you for coming to church. If you're happy to be here, say amen. amen. Thank you so much. God bless you. My name is Brother Danny, Danny Forshee, and pastor here for a little over eight years, and I want to bring you a warm greeting as well as Brother Trey did a moment ago, and just thank you so much for coming today. Uh, we just came back from a church service, uh, Brother Terry and I did, over at our Cornerstone Community Church, and so we're just kind of lifted up right now. We're just very, very blessed to see that place packed out. I thought they were going to have to bring in more chairs as they are just expanding and growing up there in the Leander Cedar Park uh, area. So today is a, uh, it's just a great day. It's a great day to um, share with you. This is our State of the Church uh, message. I try to do this once a year where we look back and look at today and then look at the future by God's grace where we see ourselves going. So, um, so that's what we're going to do today. We're, going to, we're kind of in between series of sermons. We finished up our preaching the paintings, and uh, we'll start next week as the Lord leads and the Lord allows. We'll start the book of Acts, and then we'll just carry on and mean and carry on. It's going to be, it's going to be great. Thank you, Sean, and thank you guys for, can we give them a hand? Just say thank you, man. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> and thank you, Terry, for uh, allowing them to, to lead us today and in investing in our next generation. I couldn't help but think, you know, Ross, as you're sitting out there as one of our pastors and your son is up here helping lead in worship, I know you're a proud, uh, a proud dad. So let me, let me just give you a, a good word about uh, Cornerstone Community Church. I took some pictures this morning, and Corey, I think we're going to try to show some of these to you today. It's the, uh, the church plant we started a year ago today, and uh, there they are meeting at the Knowles Elementary uh, School. We'll just roll these through, and we've got a couple of pictures here. I think we do. There's Brother Stu. He's the, uh, the pastor, was a pastor here, one of our uh, pastors on staff. He was here for about three years, and we sent him out. And there it is. I mean, I didn't get them all in the same picture, but they are crowded in there. And uh, so we just praise the Lord for the good work he's doing. Terry gave a word of greeting, and then I did. And uh, Stu, in tears, told his church just how very, very grateful he was for, for Great Hills. And then they did something pretty special, church. They had Terry and I come to the front, and then they all came around and laid hands on us and prayed over us and thanked the Lord uh, for us and for uh, us being generous to them. And I love what Stu prayed, Terry. He said, we gave not out of our abundance, but we gave out of great need. And so we did, and I believe God's pleased with that because if we wait to plant churches, it's kind of like, young married adults, if they wait to have children, they're not going to have any children. I mean, you got to step out on faith, and we're just so proud of them. And I hope in the future, as the Lord leads and allows us to be able to do that many, many times over. So the city demographer for Austin, Ryan Johnson, I believe his name is, he gave a presentation just a few weeks ago, and I was very blessed to be able to be there as part of our Christ Together Greater Austin group. And the city demographer had some news for our city of Austin. And this is probably not going to come as a surprise to you uh, if you've been around a little while and you've been looking and uh, traveling on Mopac and traveling on 183 in the mornings and traveling wherever you may be traveling in Austin. There's bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic. Well, guess what? All of that's about to change. <clears throat> we're, we're doubling in size as a city. In 2040. 2045, we're going to go from 2.1 million to 4.3 million people. 
in the greater Austin area. I know that just encourages some of you, just blesses you. You're like, oh my word, where are all these people coming from? They're coming from California. I mean, a lot of them are. And so uh, somebody said Trump ought to build the wall between us and California. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) They're welcome. They're coming in. They're coming in. And so what do we do about that? As a church, what do we do? I mean, this place is inundated with people, and more and more people are coming. And I hope that we as the church at Great Hills can just keep fastened and fixed on Jesus and, and help and plant churches and meet, uh, meet as many of those people as we can and lead them uh, to the Lord. So during this State of the Church message, I want to just go over some things with you about who we are as a church, what are our, our, our mission, our vision, our core values as a church, the path that we see ourselves on. Somewhere during this sermon, I'm going to take a minute and go over to these chairs. We're going to do a couple of interviews with a couple of our church members that are here, leaders in our church. And so it's a little bit of a different message. And thank you for allowing me to do this. Thank you for listening to my heart as I share with you about Great Hills Baptist Church, the church that we love, the church that God has called us to serve and be a part of. Our mission is is really simple. It's to Seek and save the lost, to do what Jesus Christ has commanded us to do. The Bible says in Luke 19, 10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. There it is. That's Luke 19, uh, verse 10. The Son of Man, Jesus, has come to seek and to save those who are lost. And by the way, if you know Christ today, then that was you and that was me our pre-conversion days, the days before we accepted the Lord, Jesus sought us, He saved us, and now He has called us to go and seek and save as many people as we can. I know we can't save anybody. I know that's God's work, but you understand He has chosen us as His people to be very instrumental in the salvation and the conversion of those who do not know Him yet. Our vision is to reach people, make disciples, who will then go and make more disciples, who make more disciples, and you get the idea until Jesus comes again. In our text, there is no better text, I think, in the whole Bible that makes with great clarity and just very, very pure and straightforward when Jesus said these words in Matthew 28. He came and he spoke to them and he said, all authority, I love that word, exousia. It's not dunamis, power, it's exousia, which is authority, might. All of this has been granted to me, Jesus said, in heaven and on earth. That's pretty exhaustive, is it not? In heaven above, on earth below. Jesus, after his resurrection, right, before he ascends back to the Father, he gathers his church, his disciples around him, and he gives them what we call the great, what? Suggestion? No, I'm sorry, what? Commission, right, the great commission. He says, now go and make disciples. And, and this word, make disciples, is, is in the imperative mood in the Greek New Testament. Really, it's the only verb in all of verse 19. All the others are adverbial participles that modify the main verb of making disciples. Going, baptizing, and teaching are all modifying the main verb, which is go and make disciples. Now, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach them. I want you to stop right there for just a second. Look at verse 20. You know, one of the real strong purposes and really one of the core values of Great Hills Baptist Church is to make disciples. And the way we do that is we teach. We do life with people. We share, as Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 2.8, not only the gospel, 
but we share our very lives with you, teaching them to do what? To obey, to observe everything that I have commanded you. And then Jesus gives this amazing promise, and lo or behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's our mission, our vision. You know, what, what is Great Hills Baptist Church, our core values? Now, if you're a guest today and it's your first time in visiting 10,500 Jollyville, we, we're so glad that you're here. You picked a perfect Sunday to come so that you might be able to listen and, and just learn and ascertain if this is the kind of church, you know, that you want to be a part of. And so let me just take you through our, our core values. Number one is that we are committed to teaching and preaching the Bible, okay? And that is a serious core value. And I put it number one, because we are going to faithfully, by God's power and grace, we're going to teach the Bible in our small groups, our connect groups, in our large group worship. We're going to study, systematically study the Bible. If you ever accuse me of being a Bible preacher, I'll say thank you very much. That is a high honor. It's a pristine privilege to be a Bible teacher. Number two, we want to build strong marriages and families. Man, if there's anything under attack in our world today, it is the homogeneous, basic nuclear unit of a family, which God describes as one man and one woman, and they have offspring, they have children. That is the basic unit of a family. And talking, just like I'm talking today, I would be extremely criticized and narrow-minded and bigoted and myopic and provincial and all those things because of the way I've defined a, a family. Well, at Great Hills, that's the way we define it because that's the way God defines it in the Bible, and we're committed to it, to helping foster and build and strengthen that marriage unit and, and the children. Next is to, is to reach people. This is a core value. It's predicated on our mission and our vision. We really want to meet and, and greet and, and, and intercede with and pray for and lead people to faith in, in Christ. And so as we... As we do this, we do it through many ways. We plant churches, we go on mission trips, we talk to our neighbors, we're still fired up about for the one and inviting people to Christ and to our church. <clears throat> Excuse me, the next core value is, is prayer. If you toss me that water there, Ken, that'd be awesome. <clears throat> Just toss it. Let me see if I can catch it. Woo! So to pray. It's a core value to pray fervently. I appreciate so much our warriors on the wall. Many of you are participants in our prayer ministry, and, and I want to thank you. And I, I, in fact, I want to stop now and just take a moment and, and pray and intercede on behalf of some people, and I want to pray for you. Let me, let me do that. Father, we talk about prayer and how important it is, and so we just want to stop and, and just engage with you in this moment of, of beseeching you and, and calling out to you, crying out to you. Father, we pray for those in our own church who have tremendous needs and, and things in their life, God, that they're struggling with. And it may be their health. It may be their marriage. It may be their job. Or it could be a myriad of things, Lord. And we're praying to you, the Most High God, the omnipotent God that can do anything. We're asking you, Lord, to intervene on their behalf. For those, Lord, who are struggling today in their job, I feel especially led by your Spirit to pray for our people in their vocations, Lord, in their employment, that you would bless them in that and cause them to be salt and light in a very difficult world, Lord, and help them to prosper. I pray that you would bless them financially. And then, Lord, they would be a blessing, a conduit through whom they bless many other people. So I ask you, Lord, today for the favor, the, the heavens would open up a 
upon our people, Lord, and they would be richly blessed and prospered and serve you, God, in, in a multitude of ways. Lord, I thank you for a young man that we met the other day at the restaurant. He asked us, pray, pray for my mom, Kate, who's struggling, who's suffering from cancer. So, Lord, I'm just going to pray for her. I'm going to ask you, God, to touch her body and heal her there in San Antonio, Texas. God, would you reach down and do a miracle in her life as I'm praying that you're continuing to do miracles in the lives of our people. Many of our people are in the hospital. Many of our people are struggling, and I'm praying for them. Lord, what an honor, what a privilege, Lord, to spend a lot of my time as a pastor on my knees praying for the blessing and the favor of Great Hills Baptist Church. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The fifth core value is to grow together in unity so that we are a unified body of Christ. Jesus said in John 17, I love that high priestly prayer where he said, Father, I pray that they, my church, would be one, listen to this, just as you, God, and I, God the Father, God the Son, as we are united in one, I pray the same thing for my church so that the world may know that the Father sent the Son. I tell you, unity is more than just us not fussing at each other and not backbiting and, and, and not complaining. Unity is far beyond that. Unity is where we have each other's back, where we love each other, we care for one another, we speak up for one another, we are there for each other. And it's not just a, a pep rally at 11 o'clock where you say, hey, and see you next time. No, it's you do life with people. You check on one another, you call one another, you meet in small groups with one another, and you, and you genuinely care for each other. And that's how the unity of the church is built. So those are our MV, uh, or our mission, vision, values, and, and our, our pathway is the final one. I want to share this with you. And you've heard this before, and it's so important to reiterate it, that what we're trying to do here at Great Hills is we want to be this, this threefold cord that is not easily broken, where we worship God. We call it upward in our worship. It's very vertical. It's very passionate. And it's not only worship here, you know, among all the people. And, and you know, and I guess people say, well, that's what we expect. You know, we worship God collectively, corporately. Yes, we do. And that's important. But also we worship God day by day in the way we live our life and in our quiet times in the morning and how that spurs us on throughout the day to live for Christ and tell other people about him. So the second thing is to be inward in our discipleship. And discipleship really is the, is the growth system of the body of Christ. It's where we teach one another, model Christian behavior with one another. And again, you do this in small groups, you do this in connect groups, you do this in big church. We, we disciple, we teach, and we mold and we shape each other. And that's so incredibly important. And the last one, and it always is a beautiful thing. It's an outgrowth of the first two. If we're worshiping God and, and we're teaching his word and we're building each other up, then we go out and we spread the gospel. We do that through personal evangelism. We do that through our missions ministry. We do that through service. Uh, we do that through a myriad of ways that God blesses us, equips us, so that we just don't keep the blessings to ourselves. No, we are satisfied in Christ. We are mm, we are filled with His Spirit, and we can't help but go out and touch somebody and encourage somebody. And again, I'm just still, I hope I never get over this for-the-one mentality that many in our church have really embraced this and continue to uh, embrace it. And I'm so proud of our church for doing that. I was um, 
This past week, we were, had our staff retreat. We had a wonderful time up in east of Dallas there in the big city of Gilmer, uh, Texas. Thank you, Andy Spencer, for letting us go to your beautiful uh, ranch there. And our staff, our, our directors and, and our pastors, we met for three days and we prayed a lot. Uh, we ate a whole lot and we just enjoyed being with, with one another. And then after that, I, I drove over to, to Garland and I spoke for about four hours to a group of pastors in the Garland, Texas area and had a wonderful time. They asked me, would you speak on the Holy Spirit? That's kind of strange asking a Baptist to speak on the Holy Spirit. Do we know anything about the Holy Spirit? Yes, we do. And so I've been called a Bapticostal. Hallelujah. And so anyhow, I, I did. I spoke to them for about three or four hours on the role of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and I got to my hotel and there, the gentleman was there and he was Holiday Inn, nobody was in the foyer, and he's working, and I'm there, and I'm like, I, I guess you're my, my one. In fact, I, I said, um, thank you for checking me in, helping, my, helping me get my room and all, and I just want to ask you, is there anything that I can pray for you about as you're about your day here and you're working? And he goes, he looked at me like, what, what, you know? And he goes, uh, no, 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 thank you. I'm, I'm good, thank you. And I said, okay. I said, the reason I ask you that is because in our church, we, we just have this emphasis called for the one. And I've been encouraging our church, and they've been encouraging me that wherever we are in life, whatever we're doing, when God puts somebody in our path, it could be that that person's in our path because we're supposed to speak to them and encourage them and pray for them. So, so I don't know, Jonathan, but I think you might be my one. And so that's why I ask. And he said, okay, I want to talk to you. <laughs> I was like, What? Like, what's, what's the difference here? He goes, no, I want to talk to you. And this 43-year-old man just opened up his life, his heart to me. As I'm standing there, and God preserved the time. And so I was able to listen. I was able to share with him. So I, was, I was able to pray over him. And I'll never forget, when I finished praying, I said, in Jesus' name, amen. And he said, and I receive that prayer. That's what he told me. He said, I receive that prayer. And so then he, he, he gave me a bottle of water. And I had me a, y'all know those crunchy chocolate bar things that you, that you have? And, oh, those are so good. I'm sure they're healthy and they're good for you, you know. And, and he goes, oh, you don't have to buy it here. Just, I just want to give it to you. I said, well, let me pray for you again. And maybe we'll get you. No, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> you, just, you never know, man. You never know just the people that God has for us. If we, the worst thing I'm finding in America, the absolute worst thing, is people say, no, thank you. I'm not interested. And then you just say, okay, God bless you and go on to the next person. Now, there are three questions I want, to, um, <clears throat> I want to ask and then give some answers. Take me just a few minutes. And uh, the, the first one is, you know, kind of where, where have we been in the last 12 months? What has Great Hills Baptist Church been up to over the last 12 months? And I, I can't help but just say, thank you, Lord, we've been everywhere. We've been in Austin, Texas. We've been in Leander and Cedar Park and Round Rock and Pflugerville and BK. I mean, we have been all over this place, and we've been all over Texas. We've been all over North America, and we've reached even to the uttermost parts of the earth. As you remember just a few weeks ago, M Becky Dean, our, our missions coordinator, who is at Cornerstone right now, her and her husband, Russ, are worshiping with our church plant. And she shared with, and, and she told me again today, we have over 40 partnerships Great Hills Baptist Church has 40 partnerships with missions, missionaries, mission agencies, mission enterprises, and we are supporting them. And many of those we are supporting financially. And the way we do that is through our, our monthly giving of our, 
of our missions offering. And so thank you, Great Hills. I mean, it's, it's amazing the lives that we're able to touch because you give, because you give for, you know, for missions. So thrilled about the work that God's doing in South Asia. The bulk of our missions monies goes to South Asia where we are, God's using Great Hills to reach an entire people group with the gospel, a people who were not a people, who are now becoming the people of God because a church in North America in the great state of Texas at 10,500 Jollyville about six years ago adopted them and we send people, we send resources and now people are coming to faith in Christ and they're starting to build their own church and get in their own churches and it's, it's just a beautiful thing. And here's the word God gave me and I want to share this with you. This may make a little, this may come across a little, little strange, a little different, but I want you to stay with me. It's never stopped me before. I hope, and I don't know how it's all going to go down in heaven, I hope I get a glimpse of your face when you stand before King Jesus and he lavishes rewards and blessing and honor upon your life, and you're going to go, oh, my goodness, I didn't realize I did all that. And Jesus would say, but through your church, because you gave, because you prayed. Just take a look, and you'll see scores of Indian, Indian people worshiping in heaven. And you look at Jesus and go, I, did I? I had something to do. I just want to be standing on the side and watching you. I want to see the look on your face because I'm telling you something, Great Hills, this church is a part of something amazing that God is doing and I apologize that I do not do a good enough job telling you and bragging on you and bragging on what God is doing through us. So today is, I'm telling you, I want to see your face, though. I really do. What else, is, uh, what else has been going on in Great Hills? Well, we've been going a lot, we've been giving a lot, we've been praying a lot, and we've been, uh, oh, goodness, I think about some of the ministries in our church that are just flourishing, our men's ministry, our women's ministry, our Radiant Friends ministry, our Operation Christmas Child, our Angel Tree ministry, the, the passion that many of you have for, for life, I mean, for, for, for that baby, you know, in, in the womb. And, and many of you go and you march and you stand and you pray and, and God sees all of that. And I'm just reflecting back on 2017, 18, excuse me, and going, wow, God. You're just continuing to do amazing things. So let, me, let me just read you a text I got this morning. It's from one of our church members. And this is just very uh, symptomatic of what is going on at our church. And it goes something like this. Uh, Pastor Danny, I'm feeling much better. Pastor Terry has been vital and the bedrock responsible for meeting my immediate needs. Pastor Ross has faithfully visited and prayed for me. Jim Wright, Dutch Cochran, Steve Evans, and Trey have stayed in touch with me. Help me stay balanced and help with my necessary errands. Most helpful has been everyone's loving support and prayers for me. Thank you so much. Praying for you from her hospital bed, by the way. Praying for you as you teach and bless everyone in this morning's worship services. Praise the Lord. That's, that's the church. That's the church being, being the church, helping one another, encouraging one another. So we, uh, what else has been happening? Well, we just started a couple weeks ago a new ministry in our church. Colby, Dr. Colby, won't you come on up and let's have a seat. We'll talk about this new ministry that we have launched at Great Hills Baptist Church called Transform. And uh, Colby Smith, who is a, a wonderful dentist in, in the city of Austin, but he's also a wonderful church member here. 
oh, this is amazing. I didn't know what it felt like to sit down when I was teaching. Ah, how you doing, Colby? I'm well. You doing well? We need you a microphone, don't you? Let's do that right quick. Ooh, I don't see it. Oh, here's one. You got me? Thank you. Colby Smith, tell me a little bit about your story. Tell us a little bit about your life. about that ministry is because of my own history and my own struggles. You know, I was, uh, we, we've been members here since the early 90s, and for over 10 years, we were active members in this church before uh, my struggles began, before I got addicted to narcotic pain meds, and uh, that was back in like 2003, and that addiction took me to some very dark places. Um, we almost lost everything. We lost our house, our cars. Um, our, our retirement, our savings, mm. and uh, my practice. And, uh, you know, there were many Sundays when I was sitting right back there, either white-knuckling it or high, mm. praying to God, help me, give me some relief. Mm. And uh, he answered my prayers, but not in the way that I wanted. I ended up in treatment um, for 16 weeks. And it was there that I was introduced to the 12 steps and this thing that we call recovery. Yeah. And it saved my life and it changed my life. It, it brought me much closer to Jesus than I'd ever been before. Yeah. And so, you know, um, it was a result of those 12 steps um, that I was free, and I've been free for over 13 years Thanks, now. Thanks, God. Um, it, it, you know, it, it's... Yeah. You know, you were talking about miracles, and, and, and I'm a living example of the power of God and the miracles that He's still at work, and, and I'm grateful for that. And so it's because of that, you know, it's become my mission, my ministry to reach out and help others who are still struggling, and Transform is a way here in our church for us to do that for our members, and so that's why I got involved there. Awesome. So tell me, and tell our church a little bit more, and I know, you know, I was thinking about this earlier, Kobe, we don't highlight every ministry that Great Hills does. I don't interview everybody that's a part of a ministry. And so people would say, well, why are you doing this one? I'm doing this one because uh, Kobe is willing to, to share. Because a lot of times in church, we think, well, I got my problems and I'm just going to keep my problems to myself and I don't want anybody to know about it. And we just keep dying and hurting inside. And so you and Brother Daniel, Greg Bennett and others really had this vision to, it's kind of like a celebrate recovery ministry, but we're calling it transform. And who's it, who's it for? How does it? Well, that's, that's actually where the misconception is. So a lot of times when people hear that word recovery, mm. um, they think it's for the drug addict or the alcoholic. And I'm here to tell you that there are lots of people sitting out there right now yeah. struggling with something. True. It could be porn. Mm -hmm. It could be depression or anxiety. It could be self-harm. It could be eating disorders. You know, the list goes on and on and on of what people struggle with. And like you just said, we come in here, we put on our game face, everything's fine. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And so, um, you know, the recovery is for anybody who is struggling and, his, and that struggle is keeping them separated from Jesus. Um, one of the things that I figured out real quickly in recovery is that, you know, as we go through this process, which is really just, the 12 steps can be summarized like this. Um, we get right with ourselves, we get right with God, we, we 
uh, clean up the wreckage of our past. We make amends to people that we've harmed and forgive those who have harmed us. And then when we're spiritually fit enough, we go out and God puts in our paths people that we can help along the way in a unique fashion. It's a pure form of discipleship. It is. And so this ministry is really for anybody, any man or woman who is struggling right now, who's sitting out there right now, not sure where the help's going to come from. And so we have, a, we have a place for you now. That's awesome. And tell us when and, and where, and it's not, it's, it's male and female, right? It's for everybody. So tell us the, the details. So Transform is a renewal and recovery ministry um, that is for men and women. We meet on Wednesday nights. 545 is, uh, is our optional meal. You need to go to ghbc.org under recovery to get more details on that. And the program starts at 610. And what we're going to do this first year is we're going to look at the 12 steps. We're going to look at the scriptures associated with them because they are based in scripture, in particular, in particular in the Beatitudes. Yeah. Um, we're going to have some time of worship, and we've got some guys and girls that just knock it out of the park and worship. You want to come just for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will have some testimonies during this year of how God has saved people and freed people. Mm-hmm. And then, but mostly, um, it's for. It's a safe place for people to come and share their struggles with people who have, who have similar stories. And so Wednesday nights, uh, 5.45, we're over here in Building C over there, and the second floor, 2.44, there's signs and stuff there. Um, and uh, we start about 5.45. Program starts at 6.10. There is child care available, Sweet. and it's open. Anyone, we'd love to see you there. Come check it out. Awesome, awesome. Let me pray for you, Colby. God, thank you for this new ministry. We're very grateful. Uh, for God, uh, people like uh, Dr. Colby who cares and who's willing to share and be vulnerable and transparent. I just pray, God, for those who are listening in this service, Lord, and maybe they know some other people that need, need transform. I pray that you'd give them peace, God, and help them carve out the time and then make that investment of, of getting, Lord, getting their act together and their life right, first of all, God, with you and then with themselves and then with others. I, I'm just, I'm praying for them, God, and I believe you to do a mighty work through this ministry in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Colby. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate it. I'll take that. Okay. Okay. You stay right there. All right. Good, good. All right. So that's a little bit of uh, where, you know, we've been as far as missions and, and ministries and reaching people and starting new ministries like, like Transform, also on Wednesday nights. Uh, we have uh, Mentor, where I'm teaching men at 6 o'clock on uh, scriptural, biblical principles. Then we get into small groups, accountability groups that we share with one another, hold each other accountable during the week, pray for one another. And also, Ross is starting a brand new ministry on Wednesday night called the Disciplines of a Godly Man. And of course, our ladies, they're doing Experiencing God, and we got all kinds of ministries and things that are happening, and I'm, and I'm grateful to God for that. I, I'm looking at my notes, and I'm looking at the time, so I'm going to have to kind of redact it and edit it as, as I go so that we don't keep you, keep you too, too long. Ah, this is just too important. I've got to share this part. One of the things in our staff meeting we were talking about is really the DNA of, of Great Hills Baptist Church is something that is God has placed upon us. And that is somehow, some way in this crazy world where right is wrong and wrong is right, where things are just upside down, 
post-Christian, sometimes we even move into an anti-Christian realm in our nation. What is Great Hills Baptist Church going to do about that? And, and, and really, there are two eras that we can make. We can be so full of truth that we become so dogmatic and, and strict and almost legalistic, or we can go the opposite end of the spectrum and be so grace and, and kind and forgiving and never speak the truth. But really, the, the Bible has the answer. And it's we're to do both in a, in a sweet balance. We are to speak the truth, but we are to do it with what? With love and with compassion. And Jesus is our model for this. In John 1, 14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And John says, we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And Paul says in Ephesians 4, 15, speaking the truth in love. Ephesians 5, 27, that He might present her to Himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So pray for me. I really do ask you to pray for me and pray for our staff, pray for our church, because the days, they're probably going to get even more difficult and dark. And we're going to be highlighted. We're going to be, uh, we're probably going to be called upon and we're going to have to take stands. And, and if I'm ever in that position, would you just pray for me that I would have grace and that I would also have truth and I would not capitulate or give in to over extremes, but I would have that sweet balance that Jesus had. And I sincerely ask you, to pray for me for about that. The other thing I want to talk to you about just a minute is what's happening in our finances as, as a church. And this will take me just a minute. And for some of you are like, oh my word, I've heard this for like 18 million times, but some of you have yet to hear it. And so I'll just take you just briefly kind of where we, where we are today in our financial uh, situation. And it's, it's kind of good and bad, I guess you could say. It, it's good because there's much hope and much help coming but it's a little negative is we got to get to that much help and that much hope that is coming in 2020. So in 2020, in September, the way it is today, when that day comes, we will owe $2.9 million on all of our debt. And that's just a little over, what, a year and a half from now. So we're going to owe $2.9 million. We're going to receive $4.5 million from the buyout of the property, the 3.8 acres that are over here. And so that's going, to be a great, that's going to be a great day. And you, you calculate that to about $1.5, $1.6 million. And then you take what we have in reserves right now. We have what's called this good account. And it's specifically set aside so that when that note comes to fruition, that we take that half a million dollars and you put that on the 2.9, well, now you're talking about $2 million, which, which is just amazing. And it sounds amazing, and it is. But church, we got to get there first. And once we get there, we, we know there's lots of, lots of things that we need to do to bring things up to speed here on our campus because we do have a lovely campus, but it's very big and it's very aging and things are, are breaking and we need, need lots of help with that, but, but the help is coming. I hope uh, that we make it through 2019 so that we don't have to refinance the loan and do an interest-only payment, but we may have to. In fact, the trajectory we're on right now for 2019, we probably will have to refinance the loan so that we only pay the interest and not uh, pay the principal, but pay that at a later date. It's just simply a matter of cash flow, uh, of bringing in tithes and offerings that are not enough to maintain the ministry uh, of Great Hills. And so another thing we can do, we can take that $500,000 that is designated for debt, and we can make debt payments 
out of that fund to kind of get us through. Now, obviously, if we do that, there won't be a 2.0 million pot of gold at the end of September 2020, right? It's because we've had to use some of that to get there. I hope it doesn't happen, but it, it looks like we probably will on the current pace we're on because if we give $40,000, $50,000 a week, and I know that sounds like an astronomical amount of money, and it is a lot of money, but we need $77,000 a week just to pay our expenses, which includes our debt, our uh, everything that you can think of that a church operates. And so it's kind of, like I said, it's kind of a good news, bad news kind of thing. And um, if you have questions about it, you can talk to me. You can talk, about our, talk to our staff. You can talk to some of our key church members, our finance committee. We can be glad to help you as, as we talk to you about this. Another thing that's coming, and uh, it looks like it, it, it's coming to fruition, is we are partnering with a Christian school in Austin, Austin Classical School. And we're in the, well, I think we're past the negotiation phase and stage. We've had lots of meetings, lots of time of prayer. And uh, we're, we're really close to finalizing a deal with them so that in the fall, they will begin to meet in building A. Listen, that's an amazing building. It's a big building, and 90% of the time, it's, it's empty, okay? Well, 90 may be a little much. But anyhow, we'll have a Christian school, and it's pretty cool because we get to bless them and help them, and then financially, they get to help and bless us. All that to say, times are lean. They really are lean right now. But there are times coming that it's going, to be, it's going to be a much, much better financially solvent, wonderful situation. It's not that all of, our, all of our wants and needs are going to be met in 2020. It's just that we're going to be in a much better place uh, financially. So I wanted to share that with you. That's kind of a, that's kind of a big deal, kind of where, where we are today. Let, let, me, let me ask this last question and answer it. Where, where are we going? You know, what, what is 2019 and 2020? What does that look like? Well, I've shared with you a little bit of what that looks like. Um, and we're going to continue to, by God's grace, we're going to make that debt payment of $57,000 a month. I don't know what your mortgage payment is, but uh, that's a big one. Fifty-seven grand a month. Every month it has to be paid. And we're going to continue to do that. And if we have to be creative, Refinance if we have to dip into our good account. We, we do what we got to do pay, to pay our bills, but so be it. The next thing I want to share with you in 2019, there's going to be a real emphasis, and not only just in the, the weeks and the months ahead, but there's going to be in the years ahead, a real emphasis on discipleship that I'm so excited about but I'm really not in a position to talk a lot about it because it's going to start as just a very simple, organic, and then it's going to be a very systemic, gra gradually growing ministry of discipleship where we literally do what Jesus told us to do in Matthew 28, 19, and 20, and that is teach one another to obey the commandments of God. And really the only way you do that is you have to do life with each other, you have to spend time with each other, and you have to have the Word of God, you have to have that relationship. And so you're going, you're going to hear about it, and probably in about three or four years, you're going to tell me, oh, now I know what you're talking about. In 2019, now I see about this whole discipleship thing because there's so many who are being discipled and multiplying, and I think it's going to be something, I mean, brilliant and, and beautiful, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We are 
going to get a worship pastor one day. Uh, we about killed Brother Terry Hurd. We don't want to kill him. We want to keep him around as our executive pastor. Uh, but what I just shared with you about our financial situation truly prohibits us from hiring somebody right now. And so we're going to continue to, to work toward that and pray toward that. We, we told you we were, and we will. And we were hoping by this time we, we could have, but we just have not been in a, a situation financially that we're able to, to do that. But we will. We want to continue to work in our UUPG in South Asia. So grateful to God that we are doing that ministry. It's continuing very, very well. For you that are new, it stands for Unengaged, Unreached People Group. There are about 3,000, 4,000 of them all over the world. In Great Hills Baptist Church, about six years ago, we chose that one. And I know we're only one church, and that's only one people group. By God's grace, we have chosen them, or maybe God chose them for us. And, and what D.L. Moody, I love what he said. He said, you know, I can't do everything, but I can do something. And by God's grace, I will do that something that God has called me to do for his glory. And that's what we're going to be, what we're going to be doing. Okay, I'm wrapping it up. Uh, starting next week, um, I believe, if all systems are go, I think we're going to be able to launch our uh, Book of Acts study. We'll begin in Acts chapter 1, verse 1. And then 20 years later, we'll finish in Acts chapter 28, verse whatever. But we are going to study the, the book of Acts. And we're going to study how church should look. Because really we have that template. We have that model in the early church of Jerusalem, then Samaria, Judea, and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. It's going to be a wonderful study. It's going to be very heady at times. It's going to be very theological. I'll pull out maps on you. I have my little pointer. We'll just be, it'll be a big discipleship class. And I'm going to encourage you to come and grow deep in the Lord. And then we go out and we live out uh, the book of Acts. But, oh, I don't know where it'll happen in June of 2020, but... I don't know where I will be in the book of Acts, but I'm quite sure I will still be in the book of Acts in June of 2020. Uh, we're going to take a, a trip and do Paul's second missionary journey. And we're going to fly over there and probably, uh, I don't know if we'll land in uh, Athens first, but we'll go and we'll study. We'll look at Athens and Philippi and Thessaloniki and Berea and Corinth and Ephesus. We'll do a three-day cruise in the Aegean Sea. It is an amazing trip. I've had the privilege of doing it once before and, and, and taking a group. And so if you're interested in going, you please set it on your calendar. That's June 6th through 16th of 2020. So we're trying to put it way out in advance so you'll have time uh, to do it, to go. Oh, let me just check real quick. Check my notes. Okay, I'm good. It's 12 o'clock. But I'm not done. So... We still have uh, one more brief interview, and we have some offering we want to take. We have a couple of announcements, and we're going to go. And thank you, by the way. I, I, uh, I tell you, Great Hills, I, I, I know I'm, I'm an imperfect pastor, and I know I get so, so focused and so driven sometimes. I, I really don't stop and just tell you how much I love you and how much, how much I appreciate you as a church. I was... Um, I was in that meeting in Garland a few days ago, and, and a guy got up, and he told the whole group, he said, let me tell you about this guy's church. And he just started bragging on Great Hills. He said, three years ago, we, they, had, they hosted the convention. I, I mean, we went, and I was so down, and I, my family, we were just struggling as a pastor and a family. And that church just, I mean, he said, I had people coming up to me saying, are you a pastor? And I said, yeah, they gave me $100. They're like, what? What is up with that? And he said, that was the third time. Third time somebody come up to me and just loved on me and nurtured me. And I, 
And I don't know, guys, I just, I just got to brag on you and thank you. And I wonder, probably shouldn't say this out loud, because some of you will remember it and hold me accountable to it, but I wonder if, if, if God is not calling me to a kind of ministry for pastors that somehow is going to involve us as a church, me as your pastor, and us ministering and helping other pastors. I don't, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if that's a conference or I know I'm doing it now. I know that's a big part of my ministry. I, I really didn't see it coming, but for some reason, <laughs> you know, God has given me opportunities with younger pastors. And I mean, let me tell you, next month I'm going to be speaking at the, the Texas Baptist Evangelism Conference, and, and this is really interesting to me because I finally dawned on me, you're the old guy now, okay? Because <laughs> they said, we're going to have a millennial pastor and you, and an older <laughs> pastor, and we want you to speak in a, in a uh, seminar, and y'all talk about ministry, and, and I was like, okay, thank you. And I was like, that's, that's okay. That's cool. And, um, and so, I don't know, God's given me the opportunities to do that. And so, I mean, I'm excited about it. So, Leighton, why don't you come on up? Um, I want to uh, interview you for just a moment and uh, put you on the spot, see how you're treating your new bride and all that kind of stuff. No, I'm just kidding. Speaking of your new bride, Danielle Gutierrez, for she, hey, bud, I love you. Just passed her big nursing state board exam. Woohoo! She did wonderful. Man, we're so proud, so proud of her. She just killed it. And uh, she's got her a job already just a couple miles across the way at St. David's uh, off of Mopac, North Austin Medical Center. She's going to be working with the babies and the mamas. And uh, she's all excited about it. Where are you, Danny? Woohoo! Man, we're so excited for her. Why don't you just come up here, Danielle? You make him look a whole lot better. Why don't you just stand by his side? And, um, and by the way, thank you all so much, church family. Yesterday, so many of you came to Hannah and uh, Jeffrey's baby shower. Baby Claire got really, really blessed yesterday. And we, re we thank you so much. Ashley and I were talking about this last night. Hey, sweetie. <laughs> And so we are just, uh, we're very, very grateful. Y'all know, and lots of changes, lots of things happening in my family, in my life. We've got a new daughter-in-law here, having a grandbaby coming in the house, well, their house, but I'm going to go over to their house and see him a lot, see her a lot. Uh, baby Claire, Delenn, Sam Plasky, and oh, man, we're just over the moon excited. And then Bryant, our other son, if y'all are new, thank you for letting me just brag on my family for just a minute. Our other son, Bryant. He's getting married here in just a, just a few months. So Leighton here, he works on our staff, does a great job with our new members and with our social media, does a lot in both of those areas. And um, tell us a little bit, Leighton, about if somebody's sitting out there today going, you know what, I, I resonate with this vision. I resonate with this church, and I want to be a part of Great Hills Baptist Church, and we have a little new members class. Tell us what it's called, and tell us a little bit about it, since you lead it, so... No. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Um, so the class is called Discover Great Hills. Um, it's a three-week class at the beginning of each month. Uh, the next one will be in March. But um, basically what he was teaching on today, our core values, our mission statement, our vision statement, our pathway, um, all of those things is what we go over. In our, and I'm looking out and I'm seeing some of you who have gone through the Discover Great Hills class, which is so cool. Um, and so we just go over those. And the first week is um, upward in worship, um, how we just 
make sure we ha- all have that right relationship with the Lord. And then the second week is inward in discipleship, um, where we learn um, about our connect groups and just different ways that we can grow in our relationship with the Lord um, while being members here at Great Hills. And then the third week is um, upward worship, inward discipleship, outward and impact. I know, I know this. Outward and impact. Um, and that's just how you can serve um, the local church, how you can go on mission trips, and just all the countless um, service opportunities that we have um, available. So Awesome. Good deal. Well, that's pretty good. <laughs> I like that. Um, so it's three weeks, and um, you and Danielle kind of lead that and help uh, and, and teach it. And anybody that's interested in becoming a member, they can come. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And, and not just... Um, if you want to become a member, if, even if you just want to know more information about the church, if, you know, this is your first time here and you're like, I just, I really resonate with what the pastor is saying. I want to learn more. We've had people um, come as well for that, but yeah. it is you, to become a member. Yeah, amen. Because so. we want them coming. Right. We want them joining. We want them serving and giving. And, uh, and we open that up to you to be able to come. So Leighton, love you. Thank you. Very good job. Good job. Let me have your uh, microphone. Awesome. Good. Okay, so today is a little bit different, and uh, I'm basically about to close the service, okay? Uh, we're, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray a special prayer. It's something God's put on my heart. Uh, we're going to take up an offering. Don't, we're not getting out of here before we take up an offering. Sometimes I get all in the spirit and happy and forget to take up the offering, and some of you, thank you for helping me remember we need to take up the offering. And we're going to do that in just a moment. And Trey's got a couple of comments or some announcements we're going to make, and then we're going to be dismissed. But... I just want to, um, can we bow our heads as we do this and close our eyes? It's the last thing we do. I, I want to offer this to you. And, and again, let me, let me just say thank you, um, very, very sincerely thank you uh, for being the church that you are and grateful to God for what he's done, um, what he's doing, and what he plans to do. But if you're here today and you would say, I just... Um, Man, I just have a special need in my life, and, and God knows what it is, and maybe some of my family and friends, they know what it is, but I am just, I'm just needing to hear from God. I just need a special touch from God about this specific thing in my life, and I'm just, um, I'm going to ask you, our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, but would you, would you feel the freedom just to stand where you are? And, and nobody really is looking around except me. I, I just, go ahead, just go ahead and stand to your feet if you would say, would you just pray for me? And you may be a big decision. Maybe everything is great, and you just, got, you just need guidance. You need the Lord's leadership in your life in a very special way. So would you stand? God bless you. People are standing all over the, the church here. Father, I pray for them. As these stand facing, some, Lord, are facing some very difficult challenges and some obstacles, I pray for them. I pray, God, that you'd speak to them and to their specific need, be it physical Perhaps it is emotional, Lord, and mental. Or maybe it's financial, or maybe it's in their marriage, or or maybe, God, they're just in the valley of decision, and they're trying to determine what it is that God wants me to do. I pray for them. I'm asking you, Almighty God, to ameliorate the situation. Make it better, God. Intervene, God, in only ways that you can. And for those that are standing, Lord, that are, God, things are happening, and, and, Lord, they just need direction and wisdom. I'm praying for them that you would grant that to them as well. And thank you, guys. You may be seated. I just want to say thank you for trusting the Lord in that. 
And now, Lord, I want to pray for our offering. I do thank you for Great Hills and uh, thank you for the faithfulness of giving that our people are so gracious and so generous. And I pray, Lord, as Paul prayed in Philippians 4, God, not so much that they would give the gift, but I'm praying and excited for the blessing that will be theirs as a result of them faithfully giving their tithes and their offerings. Thank you, God, that you are a generous, awesome, benevolent God, and we cannot outgive you. But, Lord, you know our need, and you know where we are in our church as we plant churches, as we go across the world. Lord, we need you. We need you really in miraculous ways in 2019. Or, Lord, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very, very interesting. So, God, I'm just calling upon you to do what only you can do and put it upon the hearts of our people to be very, very generous in their giving, their tithes, and their offerings. And I pray this in Jesus' name.